You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. I don't know about you, but it's exciting. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that we are in this series right now called Little Big Life. And so I'm going to start this morning by reading the passage of Scripture from Acts that Mike read last week in his message. And this passage is called The Fellowship of Believers. So we're going to read Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling the positions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to, proceeds to all. And, any, and, any, and as any had need. Sorry. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those those were being saved. Here we have a glimpse at the daily life of the early church and the small decisions they made to build community and to disciple others. The little habits that make a big difference. The little big life. See, little, off, little habits often uh, make a big difference, but I think a lot of the time it's the little habits that we can usually compromise as well. And when we compromise those little habits, it can lead to complacency and loss of momentum. If you think about it, if we don't be intentional and consistent with those little habits in our life, then we end up forming the habit of being complacent. I think I can confidently say that probably 99% of us here have probably been through seasons like this when it comes to our prayer life. Prayer. The main way we communicate and develop our relationship with God. See, the idea of communicating with God and and the reason why we do it seems like a no-brainer and really isn't that complicated. To build relationship with someone, you need to spend time with them. It's so clear and so simple, yet it is often one of the first things to drop as life gets busy, as things get hard, as we begin to feel full and stressed and overwhelmed. It's often one of the small habits that we compromise. And to be honest, I think that we can often overcomplicate it. This might sound weird to say, but I think that the importance of prayer can lead us to put too much pressure on ourselves, and in doing that, it becomes more of an obligation. See, obligation says, I have failed because I've missed a few days, and now I'm back to square one, and often has this feeling of guilt attached to it. Whereas habit says, I have missed a few days, but without much effort, I can continue where I left off. See, when it's an obligation, it's, I have to. When it's a habit, it's, I want to. And it's easy to jump back into that habit when you know your why. Why do I want to be in the habit of praying daily? Because I want to know God more. Because I know I can't do this on my own. Because it keeps me strong in my spiritual walk and so on and so on. But what I love is that also not only does prayer have spiritual benefits, it also has physical benefits as well. See, prayer has scientifically been proven to lower stress and anxiety levels, which in turn has many health benefits, such as lower blood pressure, boosts immunity, alleviates panic disorders, helps with physical recovery, and so much more. See, I love this. When we pray, when we shift our focus off the problem and onto the problem solver, it then results in physical restoration. The little little habit and decision to cast all our anxieties on him and trust that the Lord is there has been proven to have health benefits. So how can we keep our prayer life a habit and not an obligation? How can we keep consistent in the little day-to-day which will lead to big change? 
I want to look at two specific areas of prayer this morning. And in doing that, we're going to look at a couple of people in the Bible whose journey of prayer, I think, can be a real encouragement to us all. So this morning, we're going to start with personal prayer. And today, we're going to learn from one of the greatest prayer warriors in the Bible, King David. See, David not only understood the power of prayer, but he understood that it's the best way to communicate with God. But the thing is, he didn't just understand that, he actioned it by greeting almost every situation he encountered with prayer. See, he prayed for guidance and understanding. He prayed to seek forgiveness for his own shortcomings. He prayed because he trusted God when his life was being threatened. He prayed to honor and glorify God. He prayed through trial and through triumph. He prayed to be closer to God and to know him more. See, what I love about David's journey is, in particular in the book of Psalms, is it's so real. You see the highs and the lows. You see the joyful rejoicing and you see the ugly cries. I bet there was a few times where David was writing a psalm and, and he had this ugly cry face on. Um, I don't know what David looks like, but I can just imagine someone with an ugly cry. And I love these even like the, the sudden change in some of the psalms. You see from rejoice to like, why, Lord, to hear, to hear. It's so real. It's honest. It's raw. From David's example, we can see that God's wisdom is needed in every facet of your life. And we can learn how to come before his throne in prayer on all occasions. I mentioned before, it's important to be intentional, especially in the early stages of creating a habit. So what does it look like for you and I to intentionally come before his throne in prayer? I've broken it down into four parts this morning. Firstly, withdraw from the noise. Exodus 33, 7 says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, Far from the camp, he called it the tent of meeting, and everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside of the camp. See, away from distractions, just you and God, a time of solitude, withdraw from the noise. Two, draw near to him, Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Draw near to him. Go deeper. Open up, no holding back, no hiding. God wants real, authentic, all-in time and connection and conversation with us. Draw near to him. Three, humble yourself. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Humble yourself. No tricks, no pre-planned personal agenda, no pretending, no false pride. Put it all aside and know that he is Lord. Humble yourself. And four, rejoice always. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, so know that there is always a reason to rejoice. The Lord is good and he will never leave you nor forsake you. That in itself is a reason to rejoice. Rejoice knowing that he hears your prayers and be thankful that regardless of your current circumstances, you are still loved, you are still seen, and he is more for you. Rejoice always. Can we take a moment now just to imagine how our day-to-day -day would look and, and how it would feel if we chose to live our lives like this? If we were in the habit of greeting every situation with prayer and seeking God's wisdom in every facet of our life. It's the little habits that will lead to big change. In-person prayer is our next one. Personal prayer was that. In-person prayer is our second one. See, there's a huge importance in building our personal prayer life, but I think it's just as important to come together for corporate prayer. 
See, some of my greatest times of prayers when I've been surrounded by friends um, and we've come in um, for, for the one for the same reason, to surrender it all in prayer. You know, we've come in and see we're just going to come, we're going to worship and we're going to see what God does. We're going to leave space. We're not going to come in and, and pre-plan this. Let's just see. Let's see what God does. Let's come and lay it all down and just had some incredible times, incredible times of ministry, incredible times of silence, incredible, incredible times of vulnerability. And, and it's, it's because we've come into this place together knowing that none of us are perfect, none of us have got it all together, but we all serve a mighty God. Corporate prayer. When I think of the beauty of corporate prayer, there is this particular story in the Bible that I love. And so this morning, we're going to have a look at King Jehoshaphat and the kingdom of Judah. In this passage, Jehoshaphat has just found out that a great army is coming to conquer Judah. And this is his response in that moment. Second Chronicles 23-4. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and set his face to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities. For Judah, they came to seek the Lord. See, here we have this, this mighty king who had this big decision to make in an entire kingdom that was awaiting his order. Talk about pressure, right? <laughs> I mean, I haven't been in that situation, but I know that I've been here on a Friday night with 50 youth, and it's five to nine, and parents are coming to pick them up soon. They're like, please, Jaden, one more game of dodgeball. Just one more game. Please, please, please. And there's puppy eyes, and they're all waiting for you to say yes, waiting for you to say yes. And you're thinking, I'm okay with another game, but then parents are going to be waiting. And the pressure of having to make a decision in that moment, maybe not quite on the same scale as a big battle coming uh, to your kingdom, but the pressure in that moment. And what we see in this story is this beautiful, humbling response. You see, King Jehoshaphat didn't try to pretend or fake it. He didn't make a rash, dangerous decision to send people out to battle just to look good and strong and mighty as king. No. His response? He called the entire kingdom to come together to pray and fast. See, King Jehoshaphat knew that in that moment he did not have the answers. But what he did know is that if they all surrendered to God, he would be there among them. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. See, when I read this passage of Scripture, something tells me that King Jehoshaphat has invested time into the little habits in his life. Because there was no hesitation. Just as it says in Peter, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. King Jehoshaphat knew to hand it straight over to God and we read later in that passage of Scripture that the Lord heard their prayers and gave them the message, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. At this great horde, the battle is not yours, but God's. If the team could join me. The people came together humbly, fully surrendered, and the Lord answered. The little habit of coming together in prayer made a big difference. You see, corporate prayer, it unifies the body of Christ. It edifies and encourages those who participate. It disciples other believers in prayer. And it strengthens weakened faith. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When we get into the habit of coming together humbly, with a desire to know God more, we can see big difference in our lives and the lives of others. James 5.16 Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So as I wrap up this morning, I want to take a moment to ask ourselves, 
what is the state of my prayer life? Have I created the habit of greeting all situations with prayer and seeking God's wisdom in all areas of my life? Or does it feel like my prayer life is an obligation? Well, good news. Tomorrow as a church, we're starting 21 days of prayer. Maybe this is your chance to invest into that habit. For some of you, this might be the first time you've intentionally put aside a time and committed time for prayer. For others, this might be a rebuild, a rebuild of that habit in your life. Can I encourage you to be intentional about it? As we, as a family, commit this time. And how about we take it one step further? How about we organize some time to come together with others for prayer? Maybe with your small group, close friends, flatmates, whoever it is. Can I encourage you to look over the next three weeks and maybe lock in two or three times where you gather together. Gather together with the attitude of, I don't know what God will do, but I'm here fully surrendered and ready for Him to move. All you had to do is be intentional today and start the conversation. As you have your coffee, as you buy a sausage from the youth fundraiser, <laughs> find someone, organize time to meet, organize time to come together for corporate prayer, time to encourage each other, time to be vulnerable with each other. Take the step. Begin to form the little habit today. And lastly, maybe for some of you here, the first step of fully surrendering yourself is actually inviting Jesus into your life. I think that some people may have already begun that in worship today. If there is anyone here this morning that can humbly say you do not have a relationship with him right now, can I tell you that you are loved and you are seen? God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son to take your place. This morning, can I tell you that there is a love, a peace, an assurance, and an embrace like no other available for you. All you have to do is receive it. And if you feel this morning that you've begun that journey through in worship, push in. This is your moment. So right now, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if that's you this morning, if your first step of fully surrendering and beginning this life of little habits that lead to big difference, if your first step this morning is, is inviting Jesus into your life and fully surrendering, then please pray this prayer with me. But let's pray it together as a family. Dear God, I humbly come before you, broken, and I know that I'm not perfect. But Lord, this morning I ask that you come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Bring restoration. Bring healing. And fill me with your love. Lord, this morning I take my first little step that will lead to big difference. Fill me afresh. Speak to me. Lead me. Guide me. Show me your love fill my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. While eyes are still closed and heads still bowed, I'd just love to know who I prayed that prayer with this morning and whether that was now or whether you had that moment today in worship. All I'm going to ask is that soon 
I'm just going to count to three. And if that was you this morning, I'd just love you to put your hand up. And this is just, this is just that, that physical step of faith that says, yes, that was me this morning, Lord. I'm the one that prayed that prayer. So this morning, one, God loves you. Two, he wants to live life with you. And three, if that was you this morning, could you put your hand up nice and high? Awesome, awesome. Anyone else this morning making that decision? Amazing. Well, Lord, we just thank you for these lives, these lives that either return to you or who have opened up for the first time, Lord. Lord, we ask for your protection and guidance over them. Lord, that as they begin to make changes and, and begin to start those little habits, Lord, Lord, that you help them find consistency, you help them find passion and drive. Lord, that they will know that they are loved day in and day out, Lord, that you will place people along their path that are going to encourage them, that are going to support them, that are going to speak life into them. And Lord, we just celebrate with them this morning, Lord, that they are walking with you. And Lord, I really pray, God, that as we begin to be intentional, Lord, with the little habits in our life, and in particular, Lord, our prayer. Lord, may we not overcomplicate it. Lord, may we not do it out of obligation, Lord, but we do it because we know that we have a deep desire to know you more, a deep desire to live the life that you want us to live, and a deep desire, Lord, to journey with you. So give us the strength. Give us the, the composure and the peace, Lord, to be consistent with these little habits in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.